Welcome to Calm the Hell Down, a podcast that explores unique ways that we can cultivate a sense of calm in our lives. Who am I? I'm Laura Maurer, business coach for startups building to six figures and marketing consultant for companies creating innovative strategies and campaigns. As a coach and consultant living and working in New York City, staying calm can be a bit of a challenge, but I truly believe that I can't be at my best in my work or any other area of my life without prioritizing my sense of calm. So in season two of the podcast, we'll explore what it looks like to build and run a thriving business while staying calm and grounded, even with all the stress that can come along with entrepreneurship. I'll share the strategies I use to support my clients every day, and I'll speak with experts and entrepreneurs who share invaluable tips on staying cool, calm, and collected as you build a business and a life that you love. Let's get started. My guest today is a self-taught quarantine-era candle maker. What started as a hobby, a coping mechanism, and a way to make her home cozier soon developed into a passion and a new business. She taught herself about the candle making process during the pandemic by watching YouTube videos and connecting with experts in sustainability and product development. While coming from a corporate retail background helped her on this journey, she says not much can prepare you for being an entrepreneur. She shares authentically on her social media that not every day is easy, but by building a community and consistently staying humble and open, she's able to learn and grow not only her business, but personally as well. Please welcome Melissa Ottstadt. Hi there. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I just want to dive right in. Tell me more about your background and how you got into candle making and turning it into a business. Cool. So I started making candles during the pandemic. It was just a hobby to start a way to make my home feel a bit cozier. Also as a coping mechanism, I had a lot of anxious energy Mm -hmm. I needed to get out. And so having a creative outlet was really a great way for me to relax and also make my home, you know, feel more cozy while I was spending so much time in it. So I ordered a candle making kit. I did my first candle and I was hooked. And then I just dove right in. I became extremely passionate about, you know, looking up different waxes, fragrances, vessels, and trying to build this sustainable brand and be as earth friendly as I could while still having a product based business. And so it all kind of just took off from there. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like so many people found these hobbies during the pandemic. For me, it was pottery. And I think a lot of other people, it was pottery, but I don't think many turn them into businesses. So I love hearing that. And you know, your brand is called The Lease Collective. Talk about that. What does that mean? Where'd that come from? And what is your goal for the brand? So lease means light in Danish. And I kind of base the whole concept of my brand drawing inspiration from the Danish tradition of Huga. And so Huga is all about surrounding yourself with things that make you feel happy and cozy and comfortable. And candles are a huge part of that. And so since basically that's what I was trying to do, just make myself feel better in my own space, the brand kind of drew from there. So yeah, loosely translated, the least collective means the light collection. Oh, I love that. So what was the sort of tipping point that made you want to turn this into a business? Were you working full-time or had you taken some time off and this just kind of filled that space? What happened there? 
So I had been working in corporate retail for about 15 years, and I was just ready for a shift. I saw a lot of opportunity growing my own business. So not only what I could learn, but how far I could also go in my career. And so I thought, you know, now's the time. Like the world is shifting. You know, I think as people dealing with such like a crazy shakeup that the pandemic was like, we all kind of shift. Most of us, our mindset shifted with the world. And so I was just ready to take a chance. So I saved up as much money as I possibly could. (laughs) I quit my job in January of 2022, my full-time job. So a year and a half ago. And so I've been focusing on my small business fully since then. Amazing. Congratulations. I know that that's always a big leap and can definitely be scary if you've been in a more traditional corporate role for a long time. So, you know, the point of this podcast is sort of cultivating ways to stay calm in our lives and, and this season focusing on in business. So what I love about your brand is that the whole focus of the brand kind of revolves around that calmness and coziness. And I'd love to hear how that manifests in the behind the scenes as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like I said before to you, like literally nothing prepares you for being an entrepreneur. I am learning every single day I feel like I'm making the rules up as I go and it can be terrifying. And there have certainly been times on this journey where I have said, what am I doing? (laughs) This whole like uncertain path is pretty terrifying. So what I lean into on this journey is like kind of looking at situations and challenges as opportunities to learn and just kind of trusting in myself that, no matter what, I know that everything is going to work out fine and for the best. I found kind of just meeting people like kind of the same way I met you, like just through friends and through social media. If ever I have a question or a need or I'm searching for something, it always ends up coming to me through someone or through an answer. And so I just kind of have to try to keep myself as calm as possible mentally Mm-hmm. And just kind of trust this journey that I'm on and know that it's going to work out just fine. Yeah, I think what you mentioned about trusting yourself to learn is really big because I think a lot of times, and I've certainly fallen into this in the past where I I don't have any agency here and it's all about like what's going to happen to me or what right. clients are going to find me or who's going to want to hire me. and. I think when you reframe it and think about what you can do proactively for your business, for your future, whatever it is, I think that's really empowering and can help you, you know, I'll speak for myself, can help me to stay calm because I realize I have a lot more power than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trusting yourself is huge. And I don't know if it's, my age, like being in my upper 30s and like really taking the time in my late 20s and early 30s to go to therapy and to have a life coach, like just learning how to trust my instincts has been a learning journey for me personally. And then I can apply that to the business world as well. 
Right. And I'm totally putting you on the spot, but have you ever had any experiences where you followed your intuition and like a lot of people were kind of like, "Mm, I don't know about that, but you just knew? I think striking out on my own in business Mm -hmm. is certainly the biggest one. I didn't even see this coming for myself because I was always like, I need to push and push and push in my career talk to the right people, network, make it very clear that I want to move forward. And I had just expected that all that hard work would get me to where I wanted to be in my career because that's what society tells us. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you work hard, you're going to get there eventually, just keep pushing. And finally, I was just like, I'm exhausted. Like, I shouldn't feel like this anymore. I need to start thinking, how do I find success and fulfillment on a career path that doesn't look like kind of the straight now that I'm on right Mm -hmm. now. So taking this huge leap and leaving that security, I think a lot of people are supportive of me, but probably a lot of them are just like, I don't know, Melissa. It's probably not the safest. Yes. I think if you didn't grow up seeing entrepreneurs or go down that path yourself early on, it's hard to envision. But you know, I've been having the conversation with people recently about these more traditional careers. And I remember when I started freelancing, so this was like 10 years ago when it was not quite as common, you know, if I was like looking for an apartment, it would say like, you know, the rental company doesn't really want to rent to someone who is a freelancer because it's not like a stable career path. And I always thought that was interesting because if I have one job, I can lose it and then I have no jobs and that's happened to me, right? Or if I'm a freelancer, I can have five clients and if I lose one, I have four clients. So, you know, and I've mentioned that to a number of people who are always like, oh, wow, that's like a really interesting thing to say, a reframe. And I was like, well, you know, when we look at the corporate world now, it's not as stable as it used to be, right? Like, people don't stay in careers for 30 years and have a pension Mm -hmm. and retire. And I think we're seeing, you know, especially with a lot of these big tech companies recently, like people who are super qualified and hardworking, they have their MBA, they've done like all the quote unquote right things. They're getting laid off left and right. So I think that just really kind of hammers home for me, this idea that like, No, working for a big company is not more secure than working for yourself if you have that desire and that drive to make it work because no big company is going to care about your future the way that you do. So anyway, I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but I'm with you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's interesting that you were saying like you were doing the right quote unquote, like the right thing to move forward. And it sounds like weren't seen the results that you were hoping for that you were expecting. Yeah. Yeah. And then just that mind shift that like, wait, I am walking away from security. Like that's for sure. But at the same time, to your point, people lost their jobs (laughs) you know, in huge amounts. And so maybe that wasn't as secure as I thought it was. And also to your point, like leaning on yourself and trusting yourself and and just learning and growing, like, you know, you can rely on yourself and look out for your best interests more so than anybody else. So yeah, I think that's definitely where my head is at as well. 
Yeah. And I think it's a shift that like, once you make that shift, you can't really go back. Like, I don't know anyone who has started down the entrepreneurial path and then been like, actually, this isn't for me. Because even with all the, the hard things, it's still, to me, easier than answering to somebody else. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If this content is helpful and you're looking for more information on how to build a six-figure or multi-six-figure business while staying calm and grounded, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter at the link in the show notes. Each week, I'll share the tips and strategies I use to support my clients with their marketing and mindset as they create and build their thriving service-based businesses. You'll also be the first to hear about how you can work with me as you launch and grow your own business. So sign up now. Okay. You talked about the Danish tradition of huga. Am I pronouncing that right? That's H-Y-G-G-E, that word that like went viral a couple of years ago and I never really knew how to pronounce it. So basically that is just the idea of slowing down and kind of savoring the small moments. How do you implement that in your life as an entrepreneur when I'm sure you have a ton of stuff that you need to check off your list? Like what are some ways that you do that and that people can maybe just like take a couple minutes in their day to implement that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, well, this is probably going to be a little bit of a tangent, but I took a yoga class one time Mm -hmm. and the instructor was talking about like going to Hawaii in your mind. Like you kind of take a mental break, transport yourself somewhere else. And then it kind of just lowers your heart rate and like helps you relax physically, even though you aren't physically going somewhere. It's because your mind is someplace happy Mm -hmm. and scent can do the same thing. For me, I'm not a huge outdoorsy person, but I love the smell of herbs and spices and florals. And those scents just relax me. And I know that being out in nature physically is also a way for people to kind of disconnect and kind of come back to themselves. So combining those like nature scents in my candles, you know, has been a way for me to kind of express like, this is how I calm down. And I think, I hope that other people will find them to be relaxing as well. And, you know, scent can be nostalgic as well. Like one of my candles is sandalwood and rose. And people have told me like, oh, this reminds me of my grandmother and just like being like so happy in her presence and in her home. And, you know, it just kind of sparks something inside and takes you like out of your current situation, even just for a few moments. And then that can help you to just relax and kind of find more of a balance. Yeah, I'm always interested by how powerful scent is. There are like a few scents that I've had where I will smell something and it will take me back to like a vacation I was on when I was 12. And I'm like, how did I get here? Like, why am I at this like hotel in Mexico 25 years ago? But it's so interesting how powerful it is. So I saw on your website that you find a lot of power in small changes and like small changes leading to a big difference. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that because that's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. It's just, it's all mental shifts. It's kind of like how I choose to look at situations. And so here's an example. 
you know, you're reading an email conversation and like you can't hear someone's tone of voice. You think that they might be angry, but you're not sure. You have two choices, right? You can be like, well, this person's mad at me, so I'm going to be mad at them. And I'm going to write back something short, use exclamation points or whatever. Or you can say, okay, maybe they just misunderstand me or like, I have no idea what their tone is. Maybe they just don't write a good email. And so that kind of shift in how... I can look at situations and other people can as well kind of reflects like number one, my reaction to that person who's emailing me or, and then in addition, kind of like what my mental state is as well, because I can't have an interaction with someone. And if it's a negative one, like I can't walk away and feel good about it. You know, like that negativity is going to stay with me. So instead of having that negative interaction, I'll just pivot it in my mind and be like, you know what? Maybe they are upset, but that's fine. Or maybe they're not upset at all, but it's like all through my lens of vision, like how I'm going to deal with that. So I hope that made sense. But it's just like a small mental shift that you can make that can make a huge difference in your life and in your interactions with other people. Right. Yeah. I actually got an email earlier today that was sort of similar where it was, you know, a person that I've never known to be rude or upset but like something about this email seemed like a little bit brusque mm-hmm. and so you know looking back I should have probably just been like it's fine whatever and instead I called my mom and I was like listen to this email and like I'm sure it was completely innocent and just you know it wasn't even that rude I was just like the tone seems rude to me yeah but it really and oh man really gets to me personally mm-hmm. But that's a great way of making a shift and reframing it so it doesn't kind of take your energy down for the day. Almost like playing devil's advocate. Just like, Mm -hmm. well, maybe they didn't actually mean it that way. Let me think about it this way. So it's better for me to kind of accept and move forward from there without getting hung up like on something negative. I feel like another way is to, sort of similar, is to think about like, if I step back, have I done anything Fair. that would make this person upset? Yes. If the answer is no, then you're kind of like, okay, well, if you are upset, that's a you problem. And I'm happy mm-hmm. to talk about it with you, yeah. but I'm not going to take it on because I didn't do anything to deserve this reaction. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a lesson you can apply to so many relationships in your life. Yes. Oh my gosh. So many. And then you 100%. take things less personally as well. You're just like, yeah. well, if I didn't do anything to deserve this, then I know this is a them thing and not mine. Yeah. I think people who are hard on themselves and expect a lot of themselves tend to maybe take that on and say like, what did I do? How did I contribute to the situation? Right. And sometimes you just didn't. Yeah. I have a friend Mel. And the first time I met her, we had this very deep conversation about people when they have a strong reaction to you, it's just them dealing with past trauma. Mm -hmm. And so maybe this is going down a whole other tangent, but just like kind of, you don't know what their day has been like. You don't know what their past experiences have been Mm -hmm. like. So just being aware that other people have stuff too (laughs) can kind of also help you to just shift and look at things from a bigger picture perspective, I would say. Yes, that's a great one. Just being, because I think it's a little bit of 
empathy, right? So thinking like, I don't know what's happening in this person's life. Like Mm -hmm. maybe they're dealing with a family thing or relationship, whatever it is. And yeah, I think that just has been really helpful to me. And of course it's easier for me to say that to friends and family who bring stuff to me and they're like, I'm so frustrated. And then when it happens to me, I get a little, you know, of course it's much harder for me to actually implement that, but you know, we're working on it. But then we move forward faster. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You're still going to be upset. Something's still going to strike you as weird or odd or mean or whatever. But then just because you have that greater awareness, then you're like, oh, okay. And that's fine. I can, like, I just find myself moving past negative interactions or whatever, like, or challenges faster because mm-hmm. I have this shift in my mind to look at more of the bigger picture and and know that, you know, something could be going on that I'm not aware of. Yeah. And I think when it comes to business, that's super important too, because say you get a bad review or someone's not happy with your product or your service or whatever, that's a very personal thing yeah. that for a small business owner is has the potential to really kind of ruin your day and eat at you and slow you down. And so I think what we've just been talking about, about these sort of mental shifts is really important when it comes to those sorts of interactions as well. Mm -hmm. Totally. Have you had any issues where something happened with an order or whatever, and you had to make good, I guess that's probably not the right way of saying it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. When you brought up that example, so this is something that I deal with regularly that I'm still working through a little bit, honestly, is like when I do in-person markets. Mm-hmm. So I'm there with my setup. I got my table, my tent, my candles, and I'm meeting customers and or just shoppers in general face-to-face. And most people are really receptive. They want to hear my brand story. They want to know about the candles. And some people are rude right off the bat. They're just like, well, how much for this? I can buy this at Target. Or like, they're just like, just things that I would never think to say to someone, especially mm-hmm. when they're standing there with their handmade product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where, where did they get off? And so part of me is, I mean, I just smile and be like, you know what? You can shop at Target if you like. I would yeah. want it be for you to do that. My candles are just not for you. But on the other hand, I'm just like, they're not the same. Like mine are (laughs) curated and hand poured and sustainably sourced. And I don't know what you're getting at Target, but I'm sure it's not that. But there's no, it's not worth it for me to push back in that way. I just smile and say, okay. Right. Yeah. I think, (laughs) you know, I think we talk a lot about people making comments like that on social media. And even then I find it kind of crazy that people take the time and energy to be nasty on social media, mm-hmm. but then to do it in person is really next level. It's a um, whole other level. But like you said, that's not your customer, right? So Godspeed to them. Yeah. Godspeed to Target. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that is a good exercise in letting things roll off your back. Totally. Because when it first started happening to me, like I was newer in my business, like this is like, last year or so and like it really made me question because I'm like wait am I pricing them too high do people want them yeah what am I doing like they don't want this and you know through doing the markets I've also met a ton of other 
vendors, people that do handcrafted things and such. And they, you know, people who have been in it longer than I have will say like, listen, it costs what it costs. They're just not your customer. Don't negate everything that you have done to create this brand just because someone is rude to you who they don't even know anything really about your brand or you or, or anything. They're just making a snap judgment based on what they see in front of them and where they typically like to shop like that the stark differences. So like, don't reevaluate everything that you're doing right now because of those interactions. Yeah. I think that's a good point because I think, you know, you start a business and you get some, not even negative feedback, but just feedback that like, oh, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. It could start to make you question, oh God, like who is it for? Mm -hmm. But I think if the internet has taught us anything, it is that there is an audience for literally anything so it's just a matter of finding those people because yeah they want what you're selling right and that's a whole nother aspect of starting my own business that like I wasn't fully prepared for like I knew who my target customers were but finding them and speaking to them and just reaching them even on social media, let alone in person, is like a challenge in and of itself. So it's been a huge learning curve. Yes. <laughs> yes, I totally understand that. <laughs> but, you know, thank you so much for chatting about candles. Last question, what's your favorite candle of yours, if you can choose? So my two top sellers, which are also two of my favorite, are Lavender and Sage and saffron and tobacco. And both of them mm. bring something very different to the yeah. table. But I tend to like a more masculine scent. And both of those certainly speak to that kind of group of people who like that as well. So they're a little bit spicy, a little bit herbal, but very relaxing at the same time. Amazing. I will have to go get them both. Yeah, I'll send them to you. Okay, amazing. <laughs> So where can people follow you or buy your products? So I have a website. So theleastcollective.com. I'm also on Instagram and I'm attempting TikTok. So I'm on both, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they're very different accounts. So please connect with me there. I would love to, to chat. Amazing. Well, thank you again for your time. It was so great chatting with you. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Calm the Hell Down. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review now. To stay up to date and get all the behind-the-scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Laura S. Maurer. And if you're interested in working together, send me an email at laura at lauramauer.com to learn how I can help you elevate your existing digital strategy or launch and build your service-based business.